Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Strickland Podcast Network's Mail Dot Bag. Um, I'm Jeremy Cohen. With me, as always, is Schwinny Poo. Schwin, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I just had dinner, so. What'd you have? I had a bunch of Indian shit. Mmm. Nothing like Indian shit. <laughs> Does it taste different from other different ethnicities shit? Uh, yeah, I, I would. I think most ethnicities have different types of food. I think that's how it works, right? Yeah, I, I had so. matzo ball soup. That's basically what I had. Ah, okay, sure. Well, of yeah. course, I know Just it well. The Indian equivalent. Fair enough, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have some fun Knicks-related questions that you have uh, put forward that I have. Um, and what better way to talk about this team than after they have lost two games in a row? I actually will be going to the Pelicans game. Which is really exciting. And speaking they of games, win or lose when you go. Uh, usually they lose, but the last one it was the Mavs game and they won, so it's great. Uh, I think they could bounce back, but it doesn't matter because they tend to lose when I go anyway. But uh, you can also go to a game with Ticket IQ. Ticket IQ is a great place for you to be able to get your tickets moving forward, especially for the Knicks. Uh, price might drop for a lot of these games as uh, the Knicks take on a bit of a hard schedule. And if you use the code Strickland, you can get. $10 off for any order of $100 or more. That is Strickland. That's the code. That's it. That's the tweet. So we've got, as I mentioned, some very good questions ahead of us. So, uh, Shwin? The best questions. The, the best questions that anyone has ever put forth for a mailbag. It's this one. Uh, Shwin, shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. All let's right. It. So the first question is from Ace B. And Ace asks, where would your ideal landing spot for Burks be? Um, now, Schwinn, I feel like this question could go in two different directions. So I'm actually going to split it up. And the first one, oh, we'll, we'll split say... the baby, huh? I'm going to split the baby, exactly. 
So we could talk about landing spot. You know, I'm sure he, I'm sure that Burks would fit really well in second units that could use another guard. I mean, he can play point guard, but I wouldn't recommend him as a point guard. A place like Memphis, I feel like would be fun for him. I just don't see Memphis necessarily doing that. They don't need him, right? Like they have have enough guys. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. But I was actually thinking about this today when I was talking with uh, our dear president, El Presidente, and I ran it by him. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Schwinn. So, do you you talk to Biden about this? He was a little busy today. He had a very long press conference (laughs) that I didn't get to watch, but I heard it was the longest in American history. I'm sure that was was fully intelligible. Probably not, but you know. Tomorrow's a new day, and we're one step closer to death. Anyway, so <laughs> what I was thinking is that, like, I look at the Knicks, and I look at the fact that there is this logjam at the 2-3, and it'd be great to really open that up. And when you look at it, it's like, all right, Fournier and RJ. I don't see either of them going anywhere this season. And then next, you've got IQ, assuming Rose is healthy, who will be working alongside him. And you have Alec Burks, who shifts back to his natural spot off the bench when Cambo's healthy. And then you have Quentin Grimes, and now you have Cam Reddish. And I still don't think Cam is going to be this, you know, guy at the four who takes these minutes away from Obi. Maybe he gets them every now and then, but he needs time to play and he's going to do something. And my natural thought process is, okay, well, that kind of feels like Burks is the odd man out here. And I'm sure fans could say well what happens if Kemba gets hurt and it's like okay well if Kemba gets hurt then that sucks but you shouldn't hang on to Alec Burks just based on the fact that Kemba could get hurt because let's face it if you wanted to play Emmanuel quickly more minutes you can and you should if Deuce McBride is getting more minutes in the NBA and not just the G League then that sounds great to me too develop the players you have but so it's a matter of like well what would you do with Alec Burks and a team that might be interested And I feel like one good location for him would be the Phoenix Suns because they're really missing someone in that bench unit. And the obvious, like with flashing lights player that I think you trade him for is Dario Saric. And the thing about Saric, well, sure. But I mean, you're not going to be able to to upgrade. I mean, maybe you could. I don't know. Maybe they view Aiton as worse than Alec Burks. Uh, I agree. I think he is a much worse player. But the way I see it is if you are the Knicks and you send Burks and Cash to Phoenix for Sharich and two second round picks, right? It, to me, it solves your problem of a rotation logjam because he's out for the year. He's not going to be playing this season. Wait, so we're giving up picks or we're getting picks? Oh, I'm saying Burks and Cash and in return, it's Dario oh, and like two second round picks. And the reason I'm sending Cash is because Burks is making a little bit more than Sarge is this year and next year. And so you'd probably pay because, you know, Phoenix is super cheap. So, but the reason I have Dario coming back is because again, he's not in the rotation because he's out for the year. It's not expiring salary because expiring salary doesn't really do you any good if you're the Knicks. And then next year is an expiring salary. And then at that point, it's like, if you're really interested in Jalen Brunson and you still have Kemba, and you still have Dario Saric, you can then trade both of them. Whether it's a three-team deal, whether it's you know, both of them going to Dallas, anyway. whatever. Like That is the salary that you can throw that doesn't feel like it's crippling you. Like You don't have to send 
an OB type of player because the math makes it work that way. And you feel like it, it works as a trade because you can still use that salary. So that's kind of how I feel you can have your cake and eat it too. You then get to play Cam Reddish. Grimes will still probably see minutes. Maybe he's just on the periphery of the rotation. Someone's going to be injured enough where he'll hopefully get in there or, you know, not hopefully someone gets injured, but if it happens, he'll be right there. I just feel like that is the best way to capitalize on Burks playing well while also playing your young players, getting something in return and thinking of moves you can make this summer. Is that nuts? To, to, I guess I'm kind of, I just turned into Jonathan Macri. Is that nuts, Schwinn? Um, Don't turn into John. Um, I, I think you can get a first out of Phoenix. I'm almost positive you can get a first out of Phoenix. And I what? would try to get a 2023 first for them. And I'm positive you can do it. You can't, I think you can't you get can a 2023 do... first round. Why? The problem is with Phoenix is because they're giving up their pick most likely this year. It's a protected pick going to OKC. So they can't really trade a pick until I think 2027 right now. But if they agreed to it and said, you know, once this conveys, then it would do it. The earliest it could be is a 2024 first round pick. Okay. I, st- I almost think you could might be able to still do that, but um, so I'm assuming they owe their 2022 pick or something. Is that what's happening? That was part of the Chris Paul deal. Oh, right. This is the year that it finally goes. Good mm-hmm. job. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like Burks just has more value then because I don't like two second round picks from Phoenix. I mean, what what are those picks really worth? You know, I was thinking they were more down the line picks like 2025 and 27. So if I'm the Knicks, I would much rather cash in on Burks value right now for something more tangible and that can be realized sooner. Um, Like. I just I keep going back to Cleveland. I really think he I think they would like him. I I know I mean I know that they would like him because they had him there before and he was good for them. And they liked him. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good location. I'm just wondering if they are more interested in someone like Lavert. Yeah, so the the team I just keep going back to is Cleveland. Um they had Burks before, they liked Burks before, he was good for them. Um they have been rumored to want some type of wing creator type of player. Um, they've been connected with Lavert, and my guess is from reading the tea leaves is that Indiana's ask is a first plus a young player um, of interest to them, which I think we have both speculated might be Isaac Okoro. I think that's a price that's absurd for Karis Lavert. I don't think Cleveland would make that deal. I don't know if they have another young player that Indiana would covet that would move the needle for them and i don't think cleveland's gonna give up two first for lavert um i'm not sure one first would be enough i do think there's an easy way so like the interesting thing about cleveland is much like the knicks um not surprising that brock Holler came from there they like to collect second round picks and then what they do with those second round picks is usually like turn them into first like that's just a thing they do um, I think a few years ago, what they traded four seconds for the pick that was like Dylan Windler or something. Um, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, sure. Same guy. So they're basically the same person. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I would, I think that there, you can trade Burks to them for Rubio's expiring. I think you can attach whatever salary you would need to go out to make those numbers match. 
Um, I think what like Noel would, I mean, they might be interested in Noel. They like having their seven footers. Um, I'm not sure what other salary. I think Kemba might be of interest to them, given the fact that they don't have Sexton and that they're pretending Rondo is somehow less cooked, like not cooked. He's actually probably more cooked than Kemba is even. Um, but like, I, there's obviously a trade to be made there in terms of the numbers, but the the main person being Burks going going to them, um, and I think you can get a first from them because I think what you can do is you can lottery protect their first this year, which they're not going to be in the lottery, um, but you can lottery protect their first this year so they feel good about it, and you can be like, yeah, we'll give you the twenty three Detroit second, you know, I think you can get an extra first out of them, um, and the reason, I mean, we go about this, but like. I think that would be with an eye on using that pick now as part of a package to move and consolidate maybe for somebody else. But my idea with Burks in general is, one, I just think he needs to be off the team because it's obvious that Tibbs cannot wean himself off of the Burks pacifier that he uh, has at his disposal. Um, He, among other players, which we'll probably talk about later. Um, I just think Burks needs to be off the team. He has to be off the team because Tibbs can't, he can't control himself. He can't. He's fucking running him into the ground, first of all. He's asking him to do way too much. He prioritizes his minutes over players that he should never be prioritized over, given where the Knicks are in terms of their rebuild, I guess you could say, but where they are in their roster construction. There we go. Um, and And just quite frankly, like, it's a good time to cash in on him. And and again, the other appeal for Cleveland is like, you're not just getting Burke. Like, yeah, Burks has another year on his contract, but he also has another year after that. If you want it, like that's a very appealing contract for a team like Cleveland who like, you know, I think people clown. I mean, it's been fun to clown on them, but I've like kind of understood why they just keep their dudes because it's like, you're never going to get guys to come there. Like nobody's signing in Cleveland. So you're better off just keeping your guys and even if you have to pay a bit of a premium to retain them, you can figure it out later. You know, that's what a lot of these middle markets are doing now, right? Like Charlotte's done this with Terry Rozier. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. We'll pay him. Sounds, uh, sounds familiar. I think the yeah. Knicks have done that. Yes, exactly. Um, so, like, I, I just think that Cleveland is a really good trade partner for the Knicks. And obviously the fact that Brock Holler has relationships there, you'd think that there would be a deal to be struck. Like, hey, look, like, you know, you give us this lottery predictor first. We're giving you like that Detroit second next year. I mean, Detroit sucks. They're probably going to suck next year. So, uh, like, you're going to get a top 35 pick, 36 pick, something like that. And in return, you trade out a first in 2022. That's lottery protected. Um, and you get Burks. And, you know, they want an, well, the Knicks have like 5 billion seconds. If they want another second, just I'll give it. Sure. Yeah, we can do that too. Like we can give them one of our fake seconds or whatever it is. Um, I just think that you can do that. I think that I think that's a deal that is there to be made. Um, and I think that 2022 first round pick can then open some doors for the Knicks. I just don't see Burks as being worth a first for them, but I'll compromise with you. In this year's draft class, the Cavaliers have two second round picks, one of which is by way of Houston. The other is from San Antonio. Right now, those picks sit 33rd and 36th. So maybe it's not the first round pick, but maybe it's the sort of thing where the Cavs can afford to give up the Houston pick that they own 
or the lesser or the, the better of the two, however it shakes out. Although I don't see San Antonio finishing with a worse record than uh, the Spurs would, but no, that Jalen green guy. <laughs> well, especially considering how the Rockets are allegedly looking for a, a star because they don't feel that they have a franchise player on their own roster. I don't think they're necessarily Jalen green guys anyway, even though they picked him and they could have had Evan Mobley or all sorts of other players, but I digress. The point here is I think, I like the location for Cleveland. I also feel like, and this isn't so much from the Knicks perspective, but if they did want to deal with Indiana, Cleveland, if they wanted to get Levert instead of going the Okoro route, which granted, it makes a lot of sense why. The math works as well for Chetty Osman and Colin Sexton. And if you're Cleveland, you don't have to worry about paying him. Um, If you're Indiana, you get a younger player. Sure, you have to pay him. But if he's appealing to you and that's someone you want, then he's not going to get a big contract based on his injury and that you hold his restricted rights. So it'll be interesting to see which direction Cleveland goes in. But even if it's not the first round pick, again, there are two prime second round picks this year. Even one of them going to the Knicks would be great. And if the Knicks also don't continue to do well this season, their second round pick will then accrue in value. You take their second round pick, you take a Cleveland second round pick, you package them up for maybe a late first round pick. I think that sounds pretty good. So I do see Cleveland. I think they could be a good location. It's just always about price. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I do kind of think, I, I still, I, I don't know. I, I really think that they might do it because they're trying to compete now. I think that they know that they actually have a chance this year. Um, and the other thing, the other thing is I think they would bet that they can recoup that value either in 2022 draft time or in the future by using Sexton's restricted free agency and trade value. Um, that, that would be my, that's my feeling. I think that they would be okay with giving out the first because they think they can get it back at a later date. Maybe. I don't know. I just wonder if they have to trade it at all, if they have some second round picks that teams might even like more based on the fact that they're not rookie scale. You can, you can draft and stash you like Jakobitis. You can probably, probably depends on your motivation, yeah, right? Preference. Like if you're the Knicks, I think you would obviously much rather have a first. Um, if you're like, I don't know, the Suns, you'd probably rather have a second because God forbid you have guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Cool. Next question is from Doug. Do you prefer answering questions with Drew or Jeremy Moore? I think we both know the answer to that. I obviously prefer answering questions with Doug because I don't like answering questions to myself. That makes me a psychopath. But Trin, <laughs> you said uh, your mother in the Discord. Do you stand so, by that? But I said that to Drew. Yes. Doug. So, um, yeah, I still prefer uh answering questions with drew's mom that's fair i think we all do i think everyone enjoys yeah we all enjoy drew's mom yeah uh next we have vert it it increasingly feels like ob is not long for the knicks so what organization currently involved in the trade landscape do you think could get the most out of him i i don't i understand why the concern is there for Obi to get squeezed out i have had that as well I just kind of feel like Tibbs is being, it's very clear, obviously that he is not an OB fan or else he would 
try to be a little bit more creative. His back was against the wall with no Mitch, no Taj, no Noel. And he went with Alec Burks instead of Obi Toppin, who has averaged like 11 minutes a game over the last seven or eight contests. No, he's being managed fine. It's perfect. It's perfect management. Tibbs is just fucking, he's on a fucking heater. He's like 99 Pedro out here this year. (laughs) So I would imagine that the Knicks front office is pretty pissed off about this because of the fact that they picked a player eighth overall who is talented not to sit on the bench and do nothing. But if we're operating under the, you know, assumption that Obi had to be moved because of the fact that he doesn't have a role here and you want some level of talent back and you're trading him to another organization. I mean, the, the big thing with Obi is consistently the shot falling, right? Because if he's, if the shot is falling and he's even like a 35%, 33% shooter from deep, that opens doors, right? You're, you're talking about, I don't know. Like it wouldn't necessarily be Utah, but if you went for Donovan Mitchell, you'd think, Oh, that's someone who could in some ways appeal to a team like Utah. Um, Obviously, if there's Zion Williams, but these are the blockbuster deals. Well, I mean, I that, mean, that's my thing. I wouldn't trade Obi unless it were part of a much larger package that involved a star. And maybe that's just where my mind is at. Um, I mean, I, it's hard to know because I don't even know what every team wants. Like, I think the Kings could get a lot out of him. I mean, not I mean they're the Kings, so who knows? But like, I mean they they could definitely use a player like him. Um, the four spot for them is kind of like whatever. They've got Bagley, who I don't think has much of a future there. Um Metu, who is like fine. I'm he's he's a guy. Um I'm not sure that you want to go all in on Chimezi Metu as your future for. That's just me. Um Harrison Barnes should I do. probably okay. All right. Yes, well, please don't speak for me. Um I think Harrison Barnes should be a four, but he plays the three for them and I don't I mean he's another guy I just don't think that he's not really relevant to their future. And I expect him to get finally traded this year. Um, you know, I think he'd be good for, he'd, he'd work well with Halliburton. Um, he'd work well, just kind of like their up-tempo style. I think he works with that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that'd be an interesting place for him. I think, you know, you said Utah, um, you know, any, any team that like really runs a lot, and has a lot of ball movement and passing, I think he'd do really well on. I mean, I think he'd do really well in Charlotte, to be honest. I think he'd be fucking great there. Um, you know, uh, I think I think he'd be fucking great on Detroit, man. Like, I think that'd be a fun team for him to end up on. Uh, not that I don't want Jeremy Grant, for the record. Um, but, like, I do think that'd be a good, good place for him, playing with Cade and shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a good player. I think he can help a lot of teams or at least be a rotation guy for a lot of teams. You know, like you watch fucking Brandon Clark on Memphis and sure, he's a bunch better rebounder than Obi, but like offensively anyway, the things that they do, um, you know, with the right, in the right place that a guy like that can really add a dynamic offensively. Um, so I mean, Memphis, he'd be a great point. He'd be fun in Memphis with like, next to Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, that's, that'd be fun. They couldn't rebound for shit, but, um, that'd be a fun fucking off, uh, front court on offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think he, he, I think he can go into a lot of places to get, they get a lot out of him. And yeah, I mean, I hope the Knicks don't, I hope that the front office doesn't trade him because Tibbs doesn't, Tibbs wants to be a fucking 
dick dickhead about it. Um, you know, I, I hope that that's not the logic because personally, coaches are replaceable. They're a lot more replaceable than players, especially a guy like Tibbs. Tibbs is a good coach. Don't get me wrong; he's a very good coach. He's not fucking Greg Popovich. We don't need to treat him like that either. Like it's cool that he got us to the playoffs last year. I'm happy. Um, I think he's a good coach. I think he does things that are really good, and I think he does other things that suck. And quite frankly, are very, very frustrating. Um, and I think a lot of that was evident last year, but it's more evident now when you have elevated expectations. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just hope that the Knicks don't operate from that perspective in terms of trading Obi. Agreed. From Max Julien, barring the Grand Slam trade, what are a handful of guys you'd be interested at the deadline who you view as singles or doubles? I mean, I feel um, like yeah, I'll, I'll let you go with it first on this one. Yeah, I, I this is like a really hard one because I don't think the Knicks like I mean, Reddish was kind of like a nice it's like you, you, made, you laid down a nice bunt, but you're not sure if you're going to get to get the first on it or not, Um, you know, or like a sack fly. You're not sure if you're going to drive in a run, but it was I, I, I get it. It was a good, good, you know, move. I understood the risk. I think it's reasonable. That's fine. Um, but I think the Knicks need to like actually try to hit a fucking triple at least. Um, I don't think they can like do more nice, solid incremental moves. I think they need to consolidate pieces. Um, so, I mean, if there's guys I'd like in that capacity, I, I don't know, like singles or doubles to me are guys that you could move. Like, like reddish is kind of the idea of a single to me, right? Where it's like you take a, basically a, expiring salary on your team attach some kind of asset to it a draft compensation and turn it into a player that you like with some potential you know like to me a guy like a single or a double would be like you know i've talked about it many times before but d'anthony melton like that would be like a guy i'd be interested in that in that sense but also like looking at the Knicks' roster it doesn't make sense to me to do stuff like that i think they need to consolidate um i think they need to create playing time for guys and I mean, the, the reddish thing is weird. Like, let's let's be completely honest. You traded for a guy a year before his free agency. Um, he's a clutch client. He, there's no clear path to playing time yet in the rotation. Um, you know, it raises. You've got to think there's another move coming here. I don't know what that move is. We can speculate on speculate on it. Um, you know, there's been plenty of smoke about Jalen Brunson. I know that they've talked uh, to Sacramento a couple of times about De'Aaron Fox. Like, wh- who knows what that means? Maybe that just means that they're doing due diligence. It, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, teams talk. Newsflash. Um, you know, I, I don't... And, I, and actually, what am I saying? The Kings said that they have no interest in trading De'Aaron Fox now. So we can just eliminate that off the board, right? Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, nah, of course. Always take them for their word. Um, so... You know, uh, like, I guess the way to answer this question for me is like, I'm not really interested in any singles or doubles anymore. I think it's time that the Knicks took a fucking cut, you know, like, like take a fucking chance. You know, the risk averse measured disciplined approach is reasonable. And I don't think that like taking a real risk needs to mean that you're now no longer like being diligent about how you approach risk. But, like, I think the Knicks' risk profile needs to change now. Like, 
it's it's been like the Knicks have not really played significant hands since they traded out Kristaps. If we're going to be completely honest, like they they really haven't. You know, they haven't taken big risks. Like the biggest risk they took is signing Evan Fournier, which you know, contrary to popular belief, I really don't think is a huge risk. Um, or like Kemba for two years, eighteen million. You know, like these are not big risks. These are just contracts that you give out because you have some money and are eminently movable. Um, I think it's time for the Knicks to take a chance in a trade, whatever it is, but roll up some of these assets, these players, these contracts, and go for somebody. Um, that's what I think. You know, I, I think the Knicks need to take a chance. I don't know who that guy is. Um, obviously, you know, if you talk about somebody like Jalen Brunson, it's weird because of the numbers. You know, he's what like two point one million or something this year, something less. Super, yeah, what, is it one point eight? Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, then you know you have to involve another contract on that. But you kind of get my point. Is like the Knicks need to roll things up and take a take a bigger big swing at somebody. You know, like we kind of jokingly talked about Ian before. If the Knicks just took a fucking big big ass swing at DeAndre for DeAndre Ian at the trade deadline, I'd love it. I'd be happy. I I actually like. Do I think that the Suns would trade him? No. Would it shock me? No. Like they didn't max him, you know, and he's going to get a max this offseason. So the fact that they didn't max him anyway, I like that door is just slightly open. That's all I'll say. Like I don't think that. I mean, if you're not going to max him after what he showed last year, anchoring your defense as the five all the way to the finals, are we sure that like anything he can do is going to, to get him there? Like is like to prove, prove himself in that capacity to them. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I, maybe they just think that he'll get the restrictive free agency and they can work something out, but I don't, I guess like the West, the best way to put it is like a guy like Deandre in the fact that they left the door even slightly open like he is somebody I would be very aggressive trying to go get. I would risk a lot to get somebody like DeAndre in because I think he's a center who adds a lot of dimensions to your team on both ends of the floor. Um, and God knows the Knicks need to move on from single dimension centers.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.